0: everyone, and welcome back to The Watchdog's Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. Okay, before I get into today's topic, I wanted to go back because I missed a couple things that are happening on our southern border, and one thing I discovered that's very disturbing. Uh, number one, things are now so bad on our southern border, this administration is pulling air marshals off of our planes and putting them down on the southern border. Yeah, that's the solution. Make our air travel less safe in order to cover your you-know-what on the southern border. And also, I don't know if you know this or not, but 90% of the agents that are down there are not patrolling the border. They're processing immigrants and transporting them to the bus stations and to the airfields to be transported around the country. This is insane. Also, did you know in 2022, we had 130,000 unaccompanied minors apprehended on the border? Department of HHS has been transporting some of these unaccompanied minors to known human traffickers in this country. Uh, That's bad. That's really, really bad. We're about to see the end of Title 42, which was a law that was created during the pandemic that gave us the right to turn more people away at the border and uh, dismiss their asylum claims for COVID reasons. And that is about to go away in a couple weeks. And estimates are that once that goes away we are going to have about 18,000 people come to our southern border every single day. Right now we're at insane levels like 7 to 8,000, but it's expected to double and almost triple once Title 42 goes away, which means 6 million new illegal immigrants every year. Minimum. Also, you'll hear people talk about the 11 million, I'm doing in air quotes, illegal immigrants that are in our country. Did you know that that number, 11 million, was the same in 2005? So do you think it's gone up a little bit since we have millions crossing the border? Estimates are, and they really don't want you to know this, but real estimates of how many illegal immigrants are in this country are between 30 and 40 million, or roughly about one-tenth of the population of the U.S. are illegal immigrants. That, my friends, is an invasion. It's not a wonderful, uh, lovely migration, or legal immigration. It's an invasion of millions of illegal immigrants. Now, don't get me wrong here. I have nothing against the people that are trying to come across our country for a better life, or that are escaping violence, or, you know, escaping hardships in their countries. I know that that exists. But I also know There are people coming across our country that don't have our best interest at heart and want to do us harm. And also, how many illegal immigrants can we take? I mean, where do we draw the line? And there is a big difference between immigrants that are coming here legally and immigrants that are coming into our country illegally. I'm all for legal immigration and even increasing it. We allow about a million a year in our country legally, but I am all against illegal immigration. If you really want to come to this country, do it the right way and don't cut in line and hurt the people that are trying to do it legally. The Protection of Marriage Act that's being passed, um, I have always supported my gay friends and I have been a supporter of gay marriage. However, I wish gay marriage would have been passed constitutionally. It was not. Obergefell basically reinterpreted the 14th Amendment. And what's really supposed to happen at that point constitutionally is with that new interpretation in mind, that uh, amendment is supposed to go back to Congress, and they create a new law or an interpretation of the law based on that interpretation by the judicial branch or SCOTUS. And really quickly, I want to say something about the Protection of Marriage Act. Uh, it, on the surface, it seems like it's only interested in codifying gay marriage. Uh, so Obergefell isn't overturned by SCOTUS. But really, it seems to me, if you read the wording, it wants to force religions that don't accept gay marriage to do so, that they would be forced to perform gay marriages. And like the cake dector- decorator and the website designer and all that, it's basically wants to say that you have to accept this as marriage. I Again, I'm conflicted about this because I do support my gay and lesbian friends. And love is love. I want everyone to have that union and relationship. But it seems to me like this is more about punishing Judeo-Christian values than it is about codifying gay marriage. What I wish would have happened... When the original law was passed is each side would have had to sacrifice something and each side would have would have gained something because then it's a law that I would get behind. I really honestly don't support any laws that were passed with only one side partisanly. And a lot of people really get joyous when they're around me and say, oh, good, then you don't support the Trump tax cut. Nope. I also don't support Obamacare. I also don't support the, uh, what, Inflation Reduction Act, which honestly has nothing to do with inflation reduction. It is the biggest boondoggle for climate change that has ever been passed by our government. But nope, I don't support any laws. I think it ought to be a law where at least one or two people from the other side of the aisle are willing to shake hands And pass the law. That means sacrifices must be made on each side. My thought about gay marriage was, and I've talked to my gay friends about it, and they are like, oh, that makes sense. Here's what I would would have proposed had I been a legislator at that time. I would have said, okay, let's make all civil unions in our country the same. Legally, legally. Binding exactly the same legally in or in the eyes of the law uh, is in association to like hospital visitation and uh, and having coinsurance and, and all that stuff. And then allow straight couples to have a separate ceremony and call it a marriage. That way, the word marriage is preserved between a man and a woman. But gay and lesbian couples have the same rights as heterosexual couples in the eyes of the law. That way, both sides had to sacrifice something and both sides gained something. What do you guys think? Once again, let me know what you think by writing me at drew at watchdogsbark.com. I welcome all comments, positive and negative, and uh, whatever you want to send my way, I welcome it. All right? So, that's what I feel about this Protection of Marriage Act. Again, I'm for it, but I want to see both sides make a sacrifice. I want to see both sides understand that there needs to be a compromise. One side cannot get everything they want. And the other side get nothing because that's when the conflicts happen. That's when the bad feelings happen. One side feels completely slighted and one side is completely victorious. That should never be the case when making laws. And honestly, I don't think our founding fathers wanted that to happen that way. Okay, then one quick thing about this James Baker story. My goodness, how convoluted is this? Okay, let me break it down for you. James Baker was legal counsel for the FBI during James Comey's reign as director of the FBI, and he was the one that instructed James Comey not to indict Hillary Clinton. Okay, then he was also the one that suggested Robert Mueller... Have an investigation into Russian collusion, which they never proved. They they proved Russian interference and meddling, and Russia's been meddling and interfering in our elections for decades. We interfere in theirs, you know. They we China interferes in ours, and you know that's just everybody meddles uh, with other people's elections. That's just something that can't be controlled but they did not prove actual collusion between the Trump administration and Russia. So uh, that is something to think about, but now consider this. James Baker became the legal counsel for Twitter when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke. He was the one that counseled all the Twitter employees to block that story and delete it. And there were many employees in Twitter that were all too happy to comply because they shared his ideology that we must protect Democrats at all cost. And we must indict and find dirt and dig up whatever we can on Republicans' at every chance we can so that's why Elon Musk just fired him Elon Musk discovered that this email trope that he was releasing that proved that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was legit and everybody on Twitter knew it and they were censoring it anyway well Come to find out, James Baker was censoring those emails before they were released to the public to protect himself and others. And when Elon Musk found this out, as Elon put it, he has been exited from Twitter. So think about that. One man was in three different places of major conflict and Disagreement in recent U.S. history. Have we discovered the mole that really was at the bottom of that? Well, maybe. Now, I know I promise to reveal who they are, but if you've been watching the news lately, you know why I need to comment on things that are happening right now. Let's start with the Twitter bombshells. That's right. Elon Musk is revealing all of the secrets that Twitter was hiding about shadow banning and uh, censoring certain content and certain accounts and all that. And now we're finding out it was absolutely 100% true. In the first batch of what's called the Twitter files, we found out that Twitter censored and banned accounts that talked about the Hunter Biden laptop story. And also, let me clarify something to use a term Joe Biden uses. Uh, Let me clarify something. Okay, we are not talking about Hunter Biden here. We are talking about Joe Biden and him lying to us saying he never discussed his business with his son, there are pictures that were found on the laptop of Joe posing with Hunter and Hunter's business partner and other business dignitaries from other countries. So when Joe Biden says that I never discussed my son's business, that's a lie. Complete and utter lie. Then we need to find out if Joe not only just knew about Hunter Biden's business, but might have been actually orchestrating it all. It seems that the real business in the Biden family is selling access to Joe. And now we know from that email chain and the eyewitness testimony of Tony Bobolinsky, he was in that email chain and was a business partner of Hunter and Joe's. And he said unequivocally that Joe Biden was the big guy. That was talked about in these emails and talked about H holding 10% for the big guy. And then there are videos on Hunter Biden's laptop of him complaining that his dad was taking money from him and these business deals and also that he was having to pay his father's bills while he was vice president. Can you say influence peddling? So, you tell me, does this sound like Joe Biden knows nothing about his son's business? Hey, pal, it's Dad. It's eight fifteen 15 On uh, Wednesday night, you a chance to give me a call. Nothing not urgent. just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least it's been on online, It's going to be printed tomorrow the Times, was good. I think it's clear. And, uh, anyway, um... If you a chance, to me a call. Cool, I love you. By the way, if you want to see all of this, this was revealed through a independent reporter by the name of Matt Taibbi, and you can find him on Twitter and read the entire treasure trove that he released uh, through last week. I think it was. And then, of course, you know, uh, Elon Musk discovered that uh, James Baker was censoring the emails that were being released. So to protect himself and others, uh, and then he promptly fired him. Thank goodness. Now, in the second release of Twitter files, it was through another independent reporter uh, that used to write for the New York Times, Barry Weiss. And she was fired from the New York Times for allowing Tom Cotton to do a opinion piece and print it in the New York times and shame on her for doing that. How dare she allow someone from the other side to talk about their opinions in the New York times, the great bastion of the news world. Actually, the New York times is not that great. Uh, to be honest, they actually covered a lot of the things the Nazis did during World War II and uh, covered for Hitler. So, yeah, there's that. So, OK, uh, just to talk about the release through Barry Weiss. Now we know that Twitter lied about shadow banning accounts and censoring content or limiting the reach of certain accounts they didn't like. And the reason why we know this now is we have their internal emails where they talked about creating a blacklist of accounts and putting serious limitations on the reach of certain accounts. So even the people making these tweets and retweeting things, didn't know that their accounts were really flagged and cut down in their reach. So instead of, say, you know, like uh, uh, Turning Point USA with Charlie Kirk, he has, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. And what they did is restricted the reach of his account. When he retweeted something, only a very small percentage of the people that followed him got to see that. Same thing happened with Dan Bongino. Now that alone is bad, but the real problem is they were restricting tweets from a medical doctor, a graduate from Stanford University Medical Center. His name is Dr. J. Bhattacharya. When he was talking about how these lockdowns were dangerous for children and the long-term bad effects that could happen with these children being locked down for long periods of time. And Twitter blacklisted him and limited the reach of every one of his tweets. So can we say that there's a possibility, I think actually probability, that because Twitter blacklisted medical professionals from expressing their own opinions, people probably died because of that, that could have been helped with that information. These lockdowns could have ended much earlier, and children could have returned to schools much earlier, and the academic progress wouldn't have been hampered so severely, In the third edition of the Twitter files, right now it's being revealed how far the Twitter employees went to ban Donald Trump's tweets before the election. They throttled his account way, way back, so that he was not able to get his message out to his supporters. That, my friends, is election interference? And you might even say with all of this information, we can only assume the other social media platforms, uh, the uh, um, Facebook and YouTube and Apple and uh, Instagram and meta and all these, all these other platforms probably did the same thing. And the FBI was meeting, with these social media platforms for weekly censorship meetings. I discussed that in my last podcast. So now we know that was all true. I think it's safe to say, and I know this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. The 2020 election was stolen. To be honest, I'm not sure about the foreign interference, okay, and messing with the uh, voting machines and all that. But now we know without any shadow of a doubt that social media and media and the FBI and the White House, or actually at the time it was the Democratic National Party and Joe Biden's campaign, they all colluded to destroy Donald Trump's chances of winning a fair election. And also... I think a poll was taken of Democrats that said, if you would have known about the Hunter Biden laptop, would you have voted for Joe? 30% of them said no. There's the election, my friends. There is 2020 with Donald Trump as the winner. If Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Apple and Google had not all put their thumb on the scales. And then add on to that, corporate America and the DNC and the media companies, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, all of those companies put their thumb on that scale for 2020. So you tell me, do we really have free and fair elections? I think thanks to Elon Musk and his being willing to not only spend a crazy amount of money for Twitter but also his adherence to free speech absolutism which I am the same way. I am absolutely the same way. I think you probably can tell that from my podcasts. because he was willing to do that, we now know that the Democrats did not play fair in the 2020 election. I mean, honestly, given all we know now, how can you come to any other conclusion? However, if you do come to another conclusion and you want to let me know how wrong I am and how it makes perfect sense if explained another way, Please don't hesitate to write me, Drew, at thewatchdogsbark.com. Okay, so now what can we do about it? Really nothing. And here's my advice to Donald Trump. Let 2020 go. Yes, yes. The DNC and media, social media, corporate America, everyone put their... thumbs on the scales, and made the election unfair. And yes, it's unfair to your supporters that a fair election did not take place. However, all of those rules that were changed, yes, they were changed unconstitutionally in some of the swing states, especially Pennsylvania, all those are changed now. The Republican Party is going to have to figure out how to play the game by the rules that are set right now until they can take power and change the rules back. So Republicans are going to have to figure out their ground game. They're going to have to figure out ballot harvesting. They're going to have to, uh, accept ballots without signature verification and without address verification. And they're going to have to convince their constituents to vote early, uh, some of these places have early voting as early as a month or three weeks before the election. Republicans need to tell their constituents that they should not only vote on Election Day and should feel free to send in those mail-in ballots. Because, unfortunately, there are some states now that allow Unlimited mail-in ballots. I mean, any time they have a working address for a voter that used to live or still lives at a certain address, they're going to get a ballot. So Republicans have to adapt with what is going on right now with elections until they can change them. And they're going to have to play the game by those rules. Otherwise, they're not going to get power back. I think what happened recently with Kirsten Cinema uh, changing the dynamic back in the Senate is starting to send um, a warning shot across the bow of Democrats. And I know Kirsten Cinema is a very fiercely independent person, but I think part of the reason why she left the Democratic Party was the way they treated her when she refused to vote for the Build Back Better Bill. Do you remember she was followed? By one of her quote-unquote supporters into the women's bathroom, screaming and yelling at her. I think that had a little bit to do with Kirsten Cinema leaving the Democratic Party. Okay, and one uh, entertaining thing I think I could I can leave you with before I leave you with my positive message, and then leave you till the next podcast, which, by the way, I think might start happening more often. Uh, There's just so much information happening. It's coming at, uh, you know, breakneck speed. It's like drinking through a fire hose, all the information. Uh, So I'm probably going to start doing podcasts a little more often, and I'll let you know exactly when that will be. However, let me tell you a little bit about a man named Sam Brenton. See, Sam Brenton is a openly gender-fluid LGBTQ activist serving in the Biden administration. I have to actually read his title because it's very long and ridiculous. He is now the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of the Nuclear Energy in the Energy Department. That's just insane. Well, the funny thing about Sam other than the fact that he wears very bright gaudy women's clothes all the time and ridiculously bright red lipstick. And he's a very pale white man. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I'm going to anyway. Uh, But Sam has a uh, problem with stealing luggage. You see, a couple weeks ago, he was caught stealing a woman's suitcase from the turnstile in the baggage department in the Minneapolis airport. And he ran off, yanked the tags off the the bag, and then jumped into an Uber and went to his hotel, where he was later discovered and admitted, Oops, I must have forgotten uh, that this is not my bag. And he gave them back the bag, but not the contents within uh, incidentally, it was a very expensive bag, like a $2,300 ba- bag. Uh, so I'm sure the woman that lost the bag was glad to have the bag back, but I'm sure she'd kind of like her clothes back too. there, Sam. Anyway, um, guess what? Sam did it again. He was caught in the Las Vegas airport doing the exact same thing, stealing a bag, and running off with it. And you know, the funny thing is, both flights that he was on, he never checked a bag, so he had no business being in the baggage claim department. But there he was, and now we know why. Sam, Sam, Sam. You know, uh, it's still felony theft. Even though you're a member of the Cabinet, You can't be excused. Oh, by the way, he has been, uh, let not let go, but uh, suspended from his duties. And uh, from what I hear now, he's on the lam. They are having uh, trouble finding him. Crazy, huh? Okay, and I always want to end on a positive note. So, today's note or word of advice is something I learned in a weekend intensive at a T. Harv Eker seminar. It was in Pasadena, and after we had just come back from lunch, uh, the uh, presenter came out and came to the microphone. I think his name was Dave. Uh, He was not T. Harv Eker, he was one of his uh, protégés. So I think his name was Dave, Uh, came to the microphone, and said the following don't worry about anything and of course everyone was murmuring around the the uh, hotel ballroom you know just saying well what about this what about medical what about this you know and he stopped everybody and said 99% of the things we worry about never happen so do you want to be wrong 99% of the time or 1% of the time? The choice is yours. Think about that. And once again, we've come to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, tell everybody about this. I would Again, I want to get a big community discussion going about all these things. I'm sure you don't agree with everything I say, and I certainly hope not. Uh, If you do, great. Keep following and uh, send those emails to drew at the watchdogsbark.com. And until next time, create an amazing day.